action. We're doing a take two because, Biv, how would you rate the first time we just tried that in intro? Well, I mean, it, if we were rating each one of us differently, then it'd be different. Okay, so how would you rate yourself for that first intro? Ten out of ten. How was I? An eight and a half out of ten. I didn't have, Oh, that's pretty <laughs> generous considering the fact that we're not using that intro anymore. Yeah. Okay, Biv. So we're, um, this is an intro for an illustrator, well, no, artist. I asked her in the interview. She's an artist. Um, she is someone that pretty much. Wait, you interviewed her? Yeah, I interviewed her. What, what do you think this podcast is? <laughs> just just <laughs> <No>. me talking. <laughs> yeah, they just look people up on Instagram and talk about them. <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't know. That's what I thought you did. No. I interviewed them. Oh. Okay. That's a lot more interesting. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for tuning in, boo. Um, this is me interviewing Corey from Coral Monday. And I think she's really cool because she, like, I don't know, her whole entire brand and business, she created herself. She's, I think she's younger than me. She's got an amazing following. Um, she does this thing, Biv. I'll need to show you a video where she looks at someone's face and she doesn't look at the paper and she like draws like a 10 second illustration of someone's face and then they'll get it tattooed onto their body. Oh, we do that at class. So we don't do tattoos and we don't do it for 10 seconds. Yeah, and you're probably not getting paid as much as Corey's getting paid. We don't get paid. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not a professional artist. So anyways, don't take it personally, Biv. Um, so we talk about a lot of different topics. Um, do you have any guesses about what we talk about since we've already recorded this intro once? Um, church. Church. Okay, yeah. We do. Everything. Everything. Oh, good answer, boo. Um, <laughs> she's wiggling her eyebrows. She's very impressed with herself. Okay, Biv, you've done better. How would you rate this intro in comparison to last intro? Um, a 10 out of 10. Am I, am I a 10 out of 10? Me, you can have a 9 and a half out of 10. So I went up one star. What star would you get? No, no, I mean I went up to 9 and a half stars. Yeah. Oh, that's you awesome. You just need a half more to go. Okay. Well, Bib, are you going to be tuning in to this episode? Yeah. Yeah? Are you excited? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bib. You're welcome. You've been a delight. <laughs> Can you say thank you? Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. And we will get this started. All right. I love you, Bev. Love you. Okay. We're recording. One, two, one, two. Please don't mess this we're up, here. Rebecca. Hey, Is we're it here. Coming in from. Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. So, by the way, thanks so much for once again meeting me. Of course. In your cool friend's house. My cool friend's house in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, so you just flew in from L.A. Yes. And we were talking about how you really split your time between Atlanta and L.A. Yes. Yeah. So I lived here, I moved here by myself over two years ago now. Okay. Um, from where? From California. So I'm from okay. Thousand Oaks, California, which is like an hour north of L.A. Yeah. But it's very suburb. It's not city. It's not what people think it is. And I had, at that point, traveled around a lot, and I worked with a startup company. I had been doing design and marketing, mm -hmm. and seen a lot of America, or mm -hmm. no, a lot of the world. And I decided, I was like, I need to, the beginning of 20, I guess 2017, I yeah. was like, I need to see more of America. And I had one friend who lived out here, 
And I was just like, I'm just going to go to Atlanta. Yeah. And I ended up that. getting connected with this blogger who ha- who hired me as her assistant. I was just like, I'm going to come for the summer and work with her and learn. Yeah. I have nothing else going on. And at that time, too, I had moved back with my parents, was in the suburbs, had no creative friends. I started mm. realizing that I, all the things that I needed and coming to Atlanta those first few times just for fun made me just open my eyes to the community I needed to be around. Yeah. Um, and so I just was like, I'm going to go and I need creative community and I'm just going to grow more there than being like, I felt like I was like stuck in the suburbs. Like yes. I hated it. Do you, so, did you go to school for design? Um, no. So I went to school, I mean, I went to school for communications, but I didn't I, That was my double major. <laughs> yeah. I was theater slash communications because I was like, I'll never get a job in theater. So then I got another major that is something it's just a thing that you can get but I didn't finish because it was online always and I was just it was not really it's just a college and I wasn't learning anything I'm just throwing money into it I had to pay for it and I was just like I'm not doing this anymore yeah but I learned everything what I'm grateful about is that I've learned everything with real money on the line with real relationships Mm. on the line Mm -hmm. and so I just learned really quickly and how to just do it and mm-hmm. it had to be ready for production ready and made mistakes as I went but so yeah. when you're saying ready um because at the beginning I'll like kind of explain your mm-hmm. your deal so when but when you were working on kind of like building what you can do now what was it like what kind of jobs were you doing with, um, like real money on the line what yeah kind of jobs so was I was working for so Kind of my job now is yes. both creative and very administrative. So mm-hmm. I see myself as an artist. That's my title. But a lot of people are probably, I mean, a lot are more talented than me on an artistic level. Mm-hmm. But I have the business side that I also have to work on. Mm-hmm. And I think what led me here was working. I started doing social media marketing when it wasn't even a thing. Okay. Um, I went to school for hair originally. Oh, so this cool. A, a, no, I did a bunch I, of stuff. No, I yeah. love this because I yeah. love that nobody does, oh, I think also creatives, like there is not one person Mm-mm. that they're like, I'm a painter. That's it. Because then yeah. the painter will also have like this insane knowledge of Victorian poetry or something. Yes. That like there's so many varied things. Okay. So, so many hair. things. So I had gone to school originally for hair um, and I knew at that point I had already done, even back in high school, I was always doing uh design and marketing like Mm -hmm. through the church I was at so I learned a lot of business really really young yeah and a lot of marketing techniques and a lot of leadership like just a lot really like really young and I started even at 12 years old learning this stuff wow so then when I went to hair school I knew that I wanted to do something creative and I knew I wanted to do be able to have my own business Mm -hmm. um my parents like all my advisors in my life at that point didn't know about design or photography or anything within like they just didn't see the capacity at as to what a creative career can be mm-hmm. so I think that that was just their way of being like oh you should just do hair so anyway I did hair because they knew that was a job because it was a job that. yeah they'd yeah. seen it uh it's flexible I could I like I really love people now I know that I don't want to work with people every day like in a yeah. salon environment but they were like you can work with people you can do this so um and I always wanted to travel, too, so I was like, I can kind of go anywhere. I'm not stuck in mm-hmm. this thing. Um, but hair just, what prepared me there was that the beauty school hired me to do their social media marketing as okay. I graduated. Because they would always just come down and ask me, like, 
how can you do Pinterest? How do you do this? Like, I just happened to be their advisor while I was there. Mm -hmm. And so then at that point in my life, I realized I don't have to trade my time for money. I can trade talent and project for money. Mm. I can have something that I can go anywhere with. Mm-hmm. And social media marketing was something that was just new. So I just learned everything I could and got some clients from it. And totally made mistakes on it. I mean, I just, it was a whole new world. Brands just were now starting to use it as yeah. something. And then... They probably didn't know what they wanted either. Oh, no. They were no like, oh, knew. you do it? Can you, can you, you don't have to mention a company, but like, yeah. what's a mistake that you made? Um, I mean, I think I didn't even know at that point how to present ideas up front uh I didn't know how I don't think I even I think I had a few retainers like I learned about retain like using retainer projects mm-hmm. um what is but a retainer there was no, project so I mean or just retainers with anything with like a freelance type job or marketing or design it works to say okay so we're going to do this set of tasks at this budget for this amount of time okay and so you can do like three months trial or six months or a year so then you have guaranteed work and income and just a more contractual agreement so that mm-hmm. it doesn't just fall off when they don't have money to pay one month or mm-hmm. and it just keeps you accountable too to be to say I'm gonna do X amount of work and so yes. even with design I'll do now I can do some retainers it's mm-hmm. not my job now it doesn't do that as much um, but yeah so what ended up happening with that was how I kind of got into design and everything was that uh, a startup company found me through their social media said, can you run social media for us? And they hadn't had product design. They didn't have a website. They didn't have this, like, full-scope brand. They didn't really have a brand at that point. What was it? Um, it was a soap company, so it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and it's – it. Uh, I don't think I need to say the name. But they did a nonprofit and a for-profit. Mm. So there was, like, soap that was being sold in America. Then it was, like, teaching people to make soap in rural countries, which now I don't know how I feel about all that. Okay. It can be awesome. I have, like, mixed emotions around it now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But at that point in my life, I was really humanitarian-based, really interested in doing something for the greater good or whatever. Yeah, and it sounds, like, the the concept in itself sounds like a great... And then you're, you know, in your 20s, and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to save everyone with some soap. Yeah, it was just something that... Yeah, I was like, this is something... It was a better model because they weren't giving things. It wasn't a donation-based. It was a training-based program. And entrepreneurship-based programs, so it it can be the most benefit if you're gonna do something. Teaching and is better. Um, I just don't know how I feel about it all now. Anyway, totally. No, no, you're um, fine. But it was a good oper- It was a really good thing because I just told them I was like, yeah, I mean, I could run your social, but you don't really have a brand. Let me brand you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's basically bullshitting. I mean, I had <laughs> I had branded things and I had done design. Yeah. Um, but if anyone knows, if there's any designers out there, I designed this product in InDesign, which is, like, not Like, the, the basic? Program. InDesign is an Adobe program, but it's basically for, like, magazine. It's for layouts, mostly. Oh, okay. It's not a pro. Like, you would use, now I would use Illustrator. Okay. Um, but I just made it up. I was yeah. Like, I just am going to do this. Um, but I'm so, I learned a lot about. I learned so much through that experience. It wasn't didn't turn out how I wanted at that point in my life. Mm. It was really heartbreaking for me at the end of it all. But now, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not. It, it was such a good experience. I would have done it again. but Because of what you learned. Because of what I, I learned so much. Yeah. Um, even just how to communicate to people. I would be in, um, 
I'd be in meetings where there's 50-year-old men, 45-year-old men. I'm the only young girl, mm. and I'm having to prove why this design is going to work or why this is my the strategy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just taught me that no one really knows what they're doing. Like, so many of them didn't yes. know either. Yeah. And they're supposed to be these big guys in suits and they investors. And so mama. smart. Yeah. yeah, they're so whatever. But they didn't know either. They mm-hmm. were making really poor decisions, and um, but it taught me to – be able to communicate why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Taught me that I can walk in with confidence and do anything really young. Mm-hmm. And most of the time people are just kind of looking for you to be like, I'm, this is what, this do. is what needs to so happen. What yeah. about, um, being paid? Did you have mm. to come up on uh, just with what you were worth? Time-wise? Yeah. So that was the biggest mistake I made mm. is that again, I was really young. I was really excited about the project. I learned a lot. And because I didn't go to college for it, it was really college in a way. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't advise people to do it this way because it's really bad. I mean, I lost money in that situation um, because they weren't paying me. So, well, they were paying me a little bit at some point, um, but I don't know how I even thought it was I just saw a vision for it, and I saw a lot of opportunity, and it was really exciting, and there was so many things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I was also doing social media on the side, so that's how I was making the money. Okay. Um, I was had my own clients while okay. I was working on it. So that. it was kind of like a was it a passion project? Uh, I mean, I called humanitarian it humanitarian. Yeah, it maybe? was. It was. I see it for my personal life. I mean, I wouldn't do it this way ever now. I mean, just it was a bunch of young people trying to make something happen yeah um how many years ago was it this was three years ago three or four years ago now no even yeah like four years ago I just feel like there's like I I don't know I feel like when I was in high school so a little bit farther away than that there were all of these people like these young high schoolers Mm -hmm. that they like they were always like saving the world with like shoes or like these are backpacks or something. Yeah. Like, I don't... I feel like maybe now we're getting smarter about yeah. helping people. And it used to just be like, let's sell this. Yeah. That's gonna work. It's gonna work. Yeah. I did something in high school, too, like that, where it was, like, selling... I sold, like, bows. I don't ever tell people this. I forgot about it. But I <laughs> sold bows because I learned how to make them. Mm-hmm. And I called it, like... It's so stupid. I called it Beyond a Bow. <laughs> and... Because it, it was really in at the time to wear, like, hair bows. Like, cheerleader bows uh, or, like, velvety were, kind of pretty bows? Yeah, they had different colors or different textures. Mm-hmm. And then we even made bow ties and literally used, like, hot glue and made it. It looked cool. And you were making still it. still wear them. It's really funny. And then we – it was, like, for – we donated it for, like, victims of sex trafficking. Like, I was so in the nonprofit, like, yeah. humanitarian world. And I actually agree with that, that company still mm-hmm. um, that I worked with. But, yeah, I was so into it. But that's what I – thought that I always wanted to do but once I've been through it all I'm like okay there's nothing wrong with it I just uh I just need to vet things better and I mean that was so young and yeah no I think and I think like you know fail so like kind of what we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier how like this all kind of started from me being like as an actor I'm a failure of course like I'm only just rolling Mm -hmm. yeah but um how you you did something and you're like oh that didn't work yeah and then you're like okay you know yeah. But I would have, with Health Humanity, why it was so good was because I learned even production, it had a production problem happen today with a, a client. Okay. Um, which is not a big deal, but we had a huge production problem with short deadlines, with Health Humanity, short deadlines, poor communication, mm-hmm. all this stuff that lost, lost some money wasn't actually, it wasn't my fault, but it was something I learned with production. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much I learned through it, and then it 
ultimately led me to what I'm doing now because Mm -hmm. I got connected and did more design clients, more marketing clients, more branding clients after I quit with them, which basically funded my year in Atlanta. Wow. Well, it didn't fund it, but it allowed me to have the time to just invest in myself as an artist. So, so you were like, full circle. you were beginning to invest in yourself as an artist. You had visited Atlanta, creative community. Yes. You started working for a blogger here. I worked for a blogger. She's awesome. Her name is Brittany Melhoff. Her okay. Bl- her blog is Paper and Stitch. Okay. Um, that sounds really familiar. And I thought, yeah, she's off. She lives like right here. Oh, but cool. she, um, I thought the Coral Monday was maybe going to be a blog. Okay. I saw opportunity in it. I don't even think I called it. Coral Monday was, I just knew there was, I was interested in the blogging world as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of worked with her. But she does mostly, it's a lot of art direction, creative direction, photo, uh, product, like photos, product design, or product styling. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot, I learned a lot about photo shoots, communications, advertising, mm-hmm. marketing, um, just the whole scope of what it takes. I just learned a lot through her. Yeah. But, um, the biggest thing I learned in Atlanta was, like, on a personal and, like, emotional level, I think. Mm-hmm. But, and then it set me up now for what I'm doing. And I didn't expect it to be what it was. I, um, that's actually something that Madeline, um, of Gentlewoman mm-hmm. on the Road, we were talking about. I feel like Atlanta, I've only been here since January. It's now August. But I feel like this is such a good creative home. Yes. Beginning. Yes. Because, as we were just saying, um... It turns out some like Joelle, mm-hmm. um, literally, um, she's she's asked me to be in like a music video. Yeah, she told me about that. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited for you guys. I, I just want to be there. It's gonna. Are you gonna be there? Could you? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Oh, you yeah, don't maybe. have to. I kind of want to. We talked about. it. She's like, it's gonna. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, if I can come, I just want to be there. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be so. fun. Um, but yeah. So since then, I've been like so pumped, and I've like mm-hmm. told some of my friends, and I'm like. Um, this cool person asked yeah. me to be in a music video, and then they were like, who? And I was like, Joelle. And they've all been like, yeah, Joelle Grace, I know her. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, That's how Anna. do you know her? Yeah. And they were like, every, everybody knows Joelle. Everyone knows Joelle. I, everybody knows. She's amazing. But, um, but yeah, I've like gone to some friends at like various coffee shops, mm-hmm. and they all know her. Yeah. Because I think this creative community is so small. Yeah. And I keep seeing, like, people tagging some of my friends from other circles on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, you know her too? Yeah. So I think that breeds a lot of creativity. Also, I think the city is... I don't know what it is. People are really welcoming here. I think it was really helpful for me because when I first moved here, again, I knew no one. Mm-hmm. And first of all, there was, like, a little bit of a cultural learning curve for me. Okay. Coming yeah, into what's the, the difference? Mm, there's a lot of different things. I mean, if we want to go here, I mean, I grew up in the church. Uh, mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, I think a lot of people around here did, and it was a really big part of my life. And I'm still very much, like, spiritual, and mm-hmm. there's still a lot in my life that's really important to me that I was rooted in that, but I think there's a lot that I had to overcome on a social level mm. and just kind of a figuring out what I fully believe outside yeah. of this the structure mm-hmm. and so it was interesting coming here where I was just around a lot of people who had that exact same experience mm-hmm. or have are still in that world that I was in for so long and yeah be, I mean I was like a youth pastor at 17 like learned so much like I was wow. very that was like my community when I was growing up so that was something that was interesting to me just to be around mm-hmm. 
Christianity being such a fabric of a culture mm-hmm. in every aspect of this culture for the yes. most part. Um, so something that was both really comforting for me and hard some in some ways because yeah. I was sometimes I think I don't know if you're like this, but when you grow up with certain like shame voices, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just use that word that it's sometimes hard when you're redefining to have those voices come back and you're like, wait, am I wrong? Like, I, am I wrong? Am I right? Yes. What it, What do I actually believe? What's my whole value system? And maybe I really do believe what I was taught, but maybe I don't, and I don't always know that, you I, know? I, that was something, I went to London, yeah. where that is, most of my friends are, were, like, because, I mean, I had lovely friends in the UK. Mm-hmm. They were respectful of my yeah. faith. Yeah. They were like, awesome, good yeah. for you, I'm glad that makes you happy. Yeah. But I was completely outside of, because I'm from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then also going back home to Tennessee, where things are just considered Christian for no reason. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, this is rose gold mug. And I'm like, why do we all have to like that? Yeah, like, we all love Jesus. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, there's some independent, like, I needed my spiritual walk to be independent. It's probably the best, well, in community, but I needed to be like. Get outside of the culture? Yeah, get outside the culture. I needed to be able to be like. Oh, I don't look, we don't all have a rose gold mug. We don't all have this like social hierarchy within a spiritual body. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just have, uh, be working in a spiritual way with people that I'm just friends with. Like it's very pure and honest and that's what I have now. That's amazing. Um, but it took a second, like it took some time to be like, who am I? What does it look like? And now Mm -hmm. it's just like my friends are like, we were friends in London. It's just like, we're just allowed to be. And yeah. And there's some really healthy spiritual communities, and I'm grateful for them, and I'm really grateful for my experience. It just was something that I've had to, like, You had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still, that was something, that's something I'm still, Yeah. I'm still working through. Um, But yeah, so that makes a lot of sense, actually, that I think a lot of us have maybe found a safe harbor here in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. because I think, like, if you are a Christian or spiritual Mm -hmm. or whatever your word is, that's okay. Yeah. But if you're not... You are still allowed at the table. Yes. This is, everyone's allowed to talk about what they've gone through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never thought about so that. So that was really, that was something that was like very, very good and hard for me in, mm-hmm. in a huge way. But I feel very at home because I just understand some of it. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I get this. Uh, there was some, I'm going to try to think of the other like so cultural things that were different. Oh, the South overall okay I grew up with my mom's an accountant my Mm -hmm. dad is a firefighter but I grew up in a very like more masculine energy household Mm. and we're pretty direct I mean we can be more passive but it's pretty just say what you mean yeah and my I mean my mom especially she is not really warm and fuzzy I'm more warm and fuzzy just as a person but Mm -hmm. she's just not I mean if you meet her if anyone met her she's just like hey like she's just so direct it's just her brain yeah so coming here uh southern warmth is like something that I love because I love warm people but Mm -hmm. it was something I had no idea about Mm -hmm. where just the more passive culture where people can kind of live in ambiguity a little bit more Mm -hmm. than I can and it was something I had to learn like oh okay where there's more undertone like just like in communication and interactions that was something that was really hard for me so like 
someone might be saying, oh, we should get together, and maybe they don't mean that. Totally. That's what happened a lot when I first was here. That was something, and if um, if she's listening, she knows exactly who she is. Hi. <laughs> but um, that freaked her out, because in, in the South, yeah. we'll be like, oh, you should, like, do you want to come? Like, what, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, like, an invitation of, like, you should stop by on Friday. Yeah. Or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That does not... That's not a not invitation, but that also doesn't exactly mean it is. Yeah. And you've got to figure it out, and it's hard. Yeah, because it's, it's more on the listener to perceive yeah. what is being said. Yes. And that I is really hard for me as a person. Like, if I have to go through that extra layer of figuring out mm-hmm. what it is, it is so hard. And there was some conflict. I mean, I'm not in conflict a lot, but when I would see conflict and my roommate, if she's listening, my roommate is Southern <laughs> and I've seen her get in fights with others. They're like arguments, yeah. but they're being so nice. <laughs> and I like, I'm like, you guys didn't really resolve. I mean, you did resolve it. Both of you are under, under the, you guys both know what was being said. Mm-hmm. It was just said so nicely. And it's, it's like another language. And I'm, and I'm like so uncomfortable with it because I just, I'm just like, what do you mean? And what is what are we saying? What are we actually meaning? So yes. I would I got in an argument here, or I would get in arguments. I'd be like, "Well, this is it. This is what happened." And I would see like fear in their eyes, like you just said it. You just said and what I happened. Like, yeah. Don't you feel better now? We just resolved. Like I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate it too in a lot of ways because because of the warmth, people are way more friendly. They're way more. I could make. I had, like, 50 people at my goodbye party, and I was here for six months, you know, and that's huge. That's yeah. Knowing zero people and that welcoming, they want you to be there. Like, I would go to coffee shops, and they're like, welcome, you're here, we want, how yeah. was your day? And they would really ask me how my day is, and so that, in contrast, I was like, wow, I, I love that part of this culture, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel so accepted, so at home. I feel very supported in my career here. Yeah. Um, Because people are genuinely, like, I, if I have an event, they'll come to it. They mm-hmm. actually, like, value being there. And I think, I, I mean, I mean I, I'm sure people are going to disagree, but I know that I think maybe Southerners are a little bit more loyal. Maybe they're not. They value community more mm-hmm. than, in California, in L.A., we just, it's not as, everyone needs community, everyone needs friends, mm-hmm. but it's, in L.A., I'm mm-hmm. just, not my hometown, in L.A., people will just value their career higher which can help you with self-care like there's a lot of stuff that is good about that but southerners i think overall especially atlanta feels very small town in a lot of ways so the people that you're with are the people you're going to be with for a long time and you just value community there's just a more sense of like value system there um than in california yeah we do care about people it's just a different and i think it's also smaller so like in um so just kind of as an example Hi guys, um, the people at Vernal and Sear, it's a theater yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw their show, became obsessed. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's not, actually there's not, there's not a lot of theater here. And um, seeing a lot of the theater, I, it just didn't excite me. Mm-hmm. It's just not my taste. We'll leave it there. Um, but uh, I saw Vernal and Sear, freaked out, lost my mind, became a really big nerd. And then within a couple months, I've gotten to know all the members from it, almost like all of them personally. And now they've invited me to be a part of the company. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. But I think in New York, that would have maybe been years of me seeing these shows. Years of me, like, maybe running into them at, like, a workshop or something. But here, it was immediate. Like, I met them. I thought they were cool. Then most of them, or a lot of them, worked at a coffee shop I already really liked. And then 
they were like, oh, cool. Come Is over to our house. Is it the people? It's the crowd. Yeah, they're awesome. See? <laughs> I see. I know. It's Atlanta. You you're know. Like, like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Exactly. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah, the chrome yellow people. They're awesome. Um, yeah, they, they honestly are. Um, I love them. So, yeah, exactly. That is... I That's couldn't have put that yeah. better myself. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, the people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, it's a big city, but also this creative world. We're really small. But also, I think, not to brag, but I think, like, you're doing amazing stuff. Joelle, she's, like, killing it. She's this killing theater it. company, I mean, not a lot of people are seeing it because it's a different medium, mm-hmm. but they are, like, killing it. They're doing it. a good job, yeah. So, there's not a lot of it, but the people that are here are, like, Let's Doing go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so I, I love that. So, okay. I want to... So, what you're known for, though, is your illustrations on your blog. It's called Coral Monday. Yeah. But you're So, it's Corey. not really a blog. Yeah. It, it, it thought it was going to be, but I was I like, also I thought I was going to be a blog. I think yeah. all creative people, we just, you know... Yeah, I used to interview people. I did a few interviews, and oh, cool. I was like, I don't like doing I don't like this. this. <laughs> I just... It was more typing, and I just felt like I gave myself a lot of homework all the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, this isn't it. But also, I didn't expect to be able to support myself as an artist. I didn't think I had enough talent, mm. which was wrong. I mean, yeah. now I my talent is what it is. So I thought I had to go through all these different media or all these different channels to mm. create value. When I realized that the audience kind of informed of what I did. So yeah, I'm known for. A lot of the minimalist drawing things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, just looking at what you're wearing, which is really cool. <laughs> I, it's not you, like, pretending, like, oh, minimalism is in. Like, you've got these, like, dainty, tiny, beautiful hoops. Thank you. got this amazing... Where's this dress from, by the way? This is um, Urban Outfitters a few years ago. It's and, so cool. Yeah, it was the... There's an Urban Outfitters, like, uh, wholesale... It's where they, like... Basically, it's all a wholesale store. Like, just oh. sale. Which I did forever ago. That's amazing. And then the cow... They're, the cow, you're, they're you're, my signature boots. You're basically. actually pulling off cowgirl boots. Or I And I honestly, I've lived in the South a long time. I've never seen anyone without like looking... Too country. I mean, these are... I'm really obsessed with these. They're from Jeffrey Campbell. Mm-hmm. Free people. Oh, cool. Um, and I wear them way too much. So no. that's kind of my... I have some... But I have a couple of signature pairs. It's for like winter. Mm-hmm. But I have like... Yeah, we have our We have our things. Have you ever think? Yeah. So these are, I wish I bought two pairs, actually, because they're not going to, I want to have them, like, for the rest of my life. Maybe, like, look on, like, Depot or whatever, like, put them down. Okay, but yes, your style, Mm -hmm. illustration, that's what you're known for, minimalism style, that's you. Yeah, and I think Coral Mondays, it's, it's cool because it's very much a brand in a lot of ways also, so... Mm. I mean, I want to be doing more design. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, like, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but this right now has been cool because it's allowed me to create art in very different tiers um, and different mediums and work in different mm-hmm. ways. And my biggest thing was that I wanted to connect with people and not just be designing things for brands that weren't really, like, the same brands I wanted to work Like, I felt like I had to interpret their vision so much. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. And I didn't want to rely on getting clients. I wanted to be able to have work with people and just mm-hmm. create things. My biggest thing with art is how it intersects with daily life. I'm not really interested. Sure, I'll be in a gallery one day or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's not really what it excites me as much as, like, daily life actually change, being involved, like, becoming the fabric of people's lives. With, so what with does art. that look like? Um. So right now we've done the tattoo. Like, I've designed a lot of tattoos for people, which that's is so really cool. exciting. And that was just 
crazy um, how that's happened. So it's just really interesting for me. And I know this is morbid, but I just always think if I die tomorrow, I didn't die. Like, I know that's, like, so weird to no, think No, I've never thought about that. Yeah, I always just think, like, what do you? what's your legacy? What do you leave behind? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I die tomorrow, there's hundreds of people that have my art on. And, like, my, my mom could, you know, see people's art on my bodies yeah. if I die. Like, I know that's so weird, but... I think about that, I love murals, um, being mm. in public spaces, because it becomes, you know, what people see every day, it becomes nostalgic. Yeah. Um, apparel can do that, too, because you're wearing, I always remember memories, like, with what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future, I'd love to be, like, writing on songs, or, like, doing stuff, or, like, working in, like, restaurant design, or, or space design, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be always involved in people's lives. That's or products beautiful. even. That's why I love products. Yeah. Um, because you're using it every day and it's just part of who and, you are. And we're also so visual. So mm-hmm. it's like, which honestly, I think originally, like when I was in college, everyone was like, oh, you know, you guys are so obsessed with how things look. But actually, if that gives you joy and if all of a sudden, like, let's say, like a wine that mm-hmm. you think is an amazing and you believe in it, if you can make it more beautiful, yeah, that means people want it, and yeah. that means everyone gets to experience something that you love. Yeah, and it's just part is part of life. Because I get very frustrated with, why am I doing this? Like, what is art? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of it? Is it vain? Is it, you know, there's all these questions. And I think mm-hmm. even Tom Petty, like, has a song that I cried listening to. It's called, he says, it's called For Real, or Real, something like that. And mm-hmm. he says, I did it for real, I did it for me, I would have done it for free. Um, like, I didn't do it for all these other things. I did it because this is just, like, an expression of, I couldn't not do it. Yes, so true. Yeah, and so that's what I'm interested in. That's what I want my career to be is very high level, but mm-hmm. even I want to write write more. I, it's something that's yeah. even way more natural for me than visual stuff. I just don't share it as much. There's just not, I haven't created, I do do writing within Coral Monday, mm-hmm. but I want to eventually like a full works of it. Mm-hmm. It just takes time, and I want it to be really honest. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what Coral Monday is right now. Yes. Um, and it's fun, and I just love that I get to like just be an artist and not get stuck in one mm-hmm. aspect. That's possible. I get more water really fast. Please do. You do. Want some? Yes, that would be awesome. Here we go. Cheers. Yeah. I think this is. Oh, I hate this. Uh-huh. Alright, just found out I have ADHD this year. Oh, congrats. And it's great. It feels awesome to know. Yes. I am not okay. And but I take Adderall every like not every day. I take mm-hmm. it when I need to. Um, but it makes my mouth really dry. Okay, so I'm Did on you? an antidepressant. Mm. New one, mouth really dry. I've just been diagnosed with a kind of dyslexia oh. and possibly borderline personality disorder. Oh, interesting. So I just researched a lot about borderline personality disorder. You probably know more about it than I do. Interesting. I don't think I... How do you experience that? I know it's... Um, okay, so one thing is people... I might have to cut this out because I don't... I haven't told my mom yet. Yeah. Um, or surprise. Um, <laughs> but, uh, when I read the description of it, my... I, like, came into therapy one day mm-hmm. and I just went, I'm not bipolar. Yeah. And my therapist, she didn't bring it up and she was like, okay, interesting. And then yeah. we, like, looked at it and I read that she gave me the description for that and then borderline... And I read it, and I started crying. Yeah. And um, it, it kind of scares me, but it's the same thing when I learned out I did this form of dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I was like... It's free. I have... Yeah, yeah, I have it. It's not It's not the same as the disease. Yeah. Because the disease comes into your life. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I was this way. Yeah. Now I'm this way. And I could die 
This won't kill me. Yeah. Um, and I already had it, and I've always. Yeah. I don't. What is I, the dyslexia like? The, so the dyspraxia. It's um. So dyspraxia is a form of oh, dyslexia. dyslexia. It's yeah. it's a weird word. No one's heard of. Um, letters switch around for me a lot. Memorization, which as an yeah. actor sucks. Yeah. Um, makes it really really difficult. Um, I have no sense of direction. I don't have a good sense of my body. It's like space. spatial. Spatial awareness. Very spatial. Which, I'm understanding. Which yeah. means my brain is constant. I, I have no sense of dire- direction. No idea. Um. Uh, so, yeah, it's, like, I process the world mm-hmm. through... It's honestly just in, like, not learning, but, like, understanding, like, facts, which in school, you know, we were memorizing, yeah. memorizing. I sucked at it. I have no depth perception. Mm-hmm. So, literally, dodgeball yeah. was, it, like, it was hell because yeah. I couldn't... Ah. But, um, so, yeah, it's depth That's perception. It's, it's my bodily spatial awareness. Interesting. I mean, I completely understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have that, but even... There's times where I'm like, am I stupid? Like, but I thought maybe I had a big, like, what if everyone's just being nice? Yeah. Because I actually have, yeah. like, a, like yeah. a big issue, you yeah. know? Which would be fine, yeah. but also I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, with ADHD, I had, it gave me a lot of, I think with everything, the more language you have, the more power you have around mm-hmm. something. And even... Uh, borderline person someone told me about borderline and I have a few friends that I was like I I'm pretty I've researched a lot about a lot of mental health things because Mm I have had anxiety for years Mm -hmm. um and so I've just researched researched researched, and I was like I don't know anything about borderline and it's Mm -hmm. so just it's they need to rename it to be honest I think it's a really it makes uh, you sound like a psycho yeah which I read this really great blog maybe I should find it and send it to you um where they are like just because it's called that does not mean you're meth. Like they were really, really gracious mm. in this, mm-hmm. and I think the friends like kind of feel like have it, have never been diagnosed, mm-hmm. but it gave me like understanding because it's anxiety, but it's different. Like mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a different form. It, it comes out differently. That makes sense. I mean, that's what my research came to be, and it's mm-hmm. a very. But you can be okay, you know. And yeah. It's just learning, and there's, and I think if you're taking some, a lot of people with have anxiety or mm-hmm. depression, I think the medication for that can help. Mm-hmm. Um, but for ADHD, it gave me a lot of, and you can put this in here. I don't care. Yeah. It gave me a lot of um, understanding because this past fall. So I'll back up even if we want to talk about mental health. But yeah, please. Um, when I was sixteen, so when I was sixteen to like basically. 20, Eight, 16, 18, 19 ish, I threw up every day from acid reflux, mm. which was anxiety induced. Or I was just said, Oh, I'm stressed, and my parents don't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no, I'm one of the oldest grandkids. Um, I'm also just, you know, it's my brain. Like, I'm hyper creative, I'm hypersensitive to my environments. I'm like, I was very much of an achiever in mm-hmm. high school, and just that manifested in throwing up every day like mm-hmm. literally I mean not like it's not like when you have the flu it's just acid reflux it's just mm-hmm. throwing up um like fatigue all this stuff, just the worst and I had no language it, for it is it part of it because your body just couldn't keep in food so of course you're getting tired mm. or was it maybe they maybe they weren't connected but uh fatigue it's probably just uh it was adrenal fatigue okay cool. so when you're anxious all the time your like adrenal system is revved up you're on fight or flight constantly yeah so like a get, panic attack you, it's you get like a panic attack like constant you're just always oh, adrenal gosh. fatigue but I never had I only have had like four panic attack pan- like 
hyperventilating type. But I was always just, it was just this, like, level. It was, like, it was almost, like, okay, so no one can see my hands. But, like, up here is a panic mm-hmm. attack. And, but instead, you were, like, simmering a couple Simmer. of things. But at all times. Yeah. Because for me, I'm, like, boop a doop a doo And then I, like, remember, I'm not, like, fine. Yeah. But, like, maybe I'm underneath the simmer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, chrome yellow, by the way. Um, I think that's where I had my most recent panic attack. Oh, yeah. They were really nice about it. I was so just sweet. crying, and I just handed the cup to the barista. And he didn't ask me anything. Yeah. He just gave me a smile, like, gonna okay. Yeah. And the next time I was like, thanks for not asking. Because yeah. I couldn't have. Some days I need it. If he would have asked me, I would have had another one. Yeah, you would have been like, let's just not talk about no. it. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, adrenal so, fatigue. But I also have a kind of anxiety, like, people now in my life can tell, but uh, I don't, because I'm not panicking, mm-hmm. um, I just go more, it's not as abrupt. Like, people don't always know that I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. um but it comes on very physical symptoms for me so I might even be unaware that I'm having a hard day I can be aware like I'm way better now but I'll just I'll just go so like forward focused when I'm like throwing up and I'm pa- getting migraines and all this stuff and so mm-hmm. now I look at physical symptoms as at indicators like you're not okay okay um so all that say anxiety had been this really big and then it leads to depression when you're not feeling okay mm-hmm. you're just like am I ever gonna be okay and yeah. the adrenal fatigue too turns into you don't have like the serotonin level it's just very like all complex and mm-hmm. so it's been a really really long journey for me to have language to understand to know myself mm-hmm. but this last fall I living in LA is super overwhelming there's so many people I'm running a business by myself mm-hmm. I'm been moving a lot I have to like figure out friends I have to figure out finances there's all these things mm-hmm. plus just the environment's really intense um so, and this is before I knew I had ADHD and so the way I described it is like I'm just overwhelmed my brain I'm overwhelmed and mm-hmm. um I wasn't able to eat like there was all these things and I was like I'm happy like I'm fine there's mm-hmm. just this my brain is just I'm overwhelmed I can't I can't mm-hmm. do it right now um then my friend came over in April. So it was this really long journey of figuring it out. Uh, was probably the, It was the hardest time with mental health that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so Feb, my friend came over and she's diagnosed with ADHD. And mm-hmm. I was watching her and I was like, this is me. <laughs> like watching really? just how she, her mannerisms and the way she talks and the way that she is. And she took the medication I'm on. And she was like, you can try it. And I tried it and I cried like when you read your it's like Mm. I cried the first day because I was like my brain has been running uphill for forever like Mm -hmm. I'm getting stuff done but it's just so hard to just Mm -hmm. focus and get things done so now it just was this like whole domino effect like now I feel like I can get my things done so my anxiety doesn't build up so Mm -hmm. then I'm not depressed and I'm fine yeah so it was this whole like I didn't go I didn't have to go on anxiety medication I didn't have to go and I didn't want to but I am a very big supporter of it but I was, I'm glad that I figured out, like, that was the issue. Yeah. Um, that I wasn't just, like, a poor, depressed, sad person. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. just what you needed. It And I think some people are like, is this, is this my normal? Yeah. Because I think also, I mean, part of it is no matter what I freaking have, yeah. it's my normal. Like, yeah. I mean, I can take meds for it and stuff, but I loved what you said about going uphill. Yeah. That was when I went to go see a psychiatrist. She said you're swimming, because that was when the depression was really mm-hmm. bad. She said, you're swimming upstream. If we can do this correctly, you'll have flotation. And that's the best feeling. Yeah, yeah. she said, you're not going to, because it wasn't like, oh, you can't do it, but mm-hmm. I can help, I will make you do or something. Mm-hmm. She was just like, 
you you probably will get to the mm-hmm. other side eventually, but why can't we just and it it hasn't made me feel like a different person. I've just yeah. like my eleven year old sister. So when I was home, I was really depressed. Yeah. In between London and here. Yeah. And so I was crying for no reason. Yeah. Just I would start crying. And so my little sister found like my little orange bottle. Yeah. And she goes, Oh, you're doing drugs. And yeah. I said, Viv, do you remember when I cried all the time for no yeah. reason? She said, Yeah. And I said, This helps me so when I'm sad, I can be sad. And when I want to be happy, I can be happy. Yeah. Because like I, I used to not be able to find better. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't be happy. I could only be maybe not crying and crying. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it's like hard really have I, I, I like will wake up. I still do this, but. I just wake up like first thing in my mind is like what I have to do da, da, da. like I don't mm-hmm. wake up like ah. I, I have been lately but sometimes I'll just wake up in a panic and it's mm. so yeah so like there's days where I'm like why is it this hard it shouldn't be this hard yeah. and I think though if you're on a I think we have a lot of resources resources these days as creatives I think a lot of time it's our chemical makeup it's kind mm-hmm. of how we function or it's mm-hmm. how our brains like the reason we can visualize the reason we can do this is because we're our anxiety might be that we're also visualizing the worst case scenario, you yes. know, but we can visualize a really good future too. And, um, but I think we have a lot of resources now. I think there's a lot of dialogue. I think, I mean, at least the people I'm around struggle with a lot of stuff and yeah. we'll just let each other be. And if you're trying, like asking, it usually can, we all can handle what our chemical makeup is. And I yeah. think that's the, the issue I think around a lot of mental health, conversation these days is that it's defeatist it's like oh my anxiety and my depression is like my friend like the only thing that I have and I think people Mm -hmm. are sometimes afraid to not live like that Mm -hmm. um and maybe I'm being wrong but I just with my stuff I've been like it's something I will live with but I will I will have ultimately have power over it like I will learn to use as a tool Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for it in a lot of ways yeah because you wouldn't be like I wouldn't be here no yeah I remember my dad um my sweet dad, when I was getting diagnosed with dyspraxia and we were waiting for, like, the results to come back, like, am I dyslexic? Mm-hmm. Am I dyspraxic? Um, he just said, well, baby, we'll just pray yeah. that um, you don't have it. And I said, no, dad, I want to have it, Yeah. if anything, because then then I don't know what it is. Yeah, because it gets so scary. I want a reason yes. that I find things hard that other people don't find yes. hard. Or my cousin, uh, so my cousin and I have very, like, similar mental health journeys, and she's the youngest of us. Mm-hmm. So we've learned a lot from each other, but she has ADHD, too. And we'll, so we'll, like, go into, like, panic modes. And mm-hmm. I've hit cars before, like, completely paying attention, completely aware, mm-hmm. more or less, not on my phone, nothing. And I've just backed up into, I've backed into things mm-hmm. because I'm, realizing I'm actually kind of in a panic attack. Like, I go yeah. tunnel vision, and I'm now, like, more disassociated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I, an, like, am I stupid? Like, I hit this car, and, like, it's broad daylight, mm-hmm. and I'm looking. Yeah. Like, what's happening, you know? But having language is like, okay, but obviously I don't want to be like this, but I'm not stupid. No. Like, I'm okay, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's, it's given me a lot of language. Or even if I forget something, I'm like, well... Should it, you know, it's ADHD, you know. Because, you're, yeah, and you don't have to beat yourself for up for it. And then also, I think it can make you more empathetic. Yeah. Too. Because, yeah. like, we're, we've are we been able to relate about yeah. this, and I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. Or, if anything. But, like, there's a connection, mm-hmm. and there's an understanding of at least, like, 
you can un- I can understand to an extent or try to what you've been going through you know Definitely. and I think there's like a common language and just been like hey hasn't it sucked sometimes and the other person's like yes yeah but we'll just cry my friends would call my house in LA we're like it's a house of emotion like come sit on our porch and we'll have a counseling session and we'll all just sit there and be like we're having a hard day or we're not and we yeah. don't need to have a hard day every time no and we're like, this is great so it's given me a lot of understanding and grace for myself and grace for other people and just and then also just a fight like yes having to learn and put in things in place that I don't go so far and learn how to take care of myself and so yeah that's kind of mental health stuff but that's awesome anyway okay cool so great we got that didn't know you're talking about we did it okay so um yeah thank you that's awesome okay so you so that was a part of like kind of what you've been creating you loved Atlanta why did you leave Oh, this is still, I mean, it was the really hard decision for me because mm-hmm. I always thought Atlanta was going to be temporary. I thought I was going to be here for six weeks, and then I stayed for six months. So it was coming up to the place where I needed to either find a more permanent living situation here, and mm-hmm. I had a room offered to me. And right as I was making that decision, I had before I came here, I was always thinking that I wanted to be in L.A. at some point at this period of my life, and mm-hmm. I just knew that there's so much industry there. There's so much creativity there. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, mm-hmm. but I was always just attracted to, it's the city, you know, and mm-hmm. always wanting to work at the highest level. But again, when I first moved here, I wasn't an artist. I just thought maybe I'll be in LA at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right at the exact time I was looking to kind of figure out if I was going to stay, what I was going to do. And I originally wanted to stay longer here. I wasn't done. I wasn't really ready to go. Um, I got offered, I mean, I never expressed interest in a room or anything, but my friend, my friend's friend had a room open up for the exact same price as I would have been paying here. Mm -hmm. And it was in LA where I wanted to live. And so I went for three weeks back and forth. Like I tell people a story and they like laugh at me. I like downloaded a coin flip app. Like instead of going and getting a coin, I like got the app and I, it was so, the pros and cons list was so even, Mm -hmm. um, that it was every minute I'd be like, I'm going to do this. I don't. And I just had to, one day I just decided I knew that I, Atlanta would always be back. I've put enough roots that I can come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I'll know, I've always said like, at least I'll know if I hate LA. Like, at least the question will be answered. Yes. Um, I know my creativity. I knew I'd grow there. Mm-hmm. Um, I already had felt where I was needing, I think I have an issue sometimes. Well, no, it's not an issue. I just like, love to continue to grow Mm -hmm. and so when I get too comfortable I think sometimes people have the issue of like staying too comfortable yeah I get uncomfortable when I feel comfortable I'm like oh gotta change it up Mm -hmm. um and so I just knew that number one my creativity would grow my it would expand my career I would even having to pay the amount of rent I pay in LA help me make better career decisions because I had to make more money to survive so I had to produce more and um and so yeah it was just a personal growth decision basically but I was really sad. I mean, I'm still sad. I, I'm now trying to live in both places because Atlanta fosters so much for me here. Yeah. And LA fosters a totally different side of me. Yes. Um, but I need them both and I want them both. So we'll see what happens. If I can strategically make it work. You can make it happen. Yeah. And so Honestly. my family's here. Like all my family, my friends are here. Your friend family's here. Yeah. And then your family family. My family family's uh, in LA for a little, or in California, but I have a really strong community there now too. Mm-hmm. Mostly Atlanta people. But, yeah. Um, but I do love it there also. It's 
so free. You're you can be anyone. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. You can go as high as you want. Like and you can everybody's do everything hustling. There. Everyone's hustling. People get it. People are very boundaryed there. Like if you can't hang out on a Tuesday and you say, "Hey, like I can't hang out," people are like that's fine. See you to see you Thursday. Yeah. And the people I'm around there, you we really have to like work to be around people there. So mm-hmm. they're it's really healthy because it's like a very big choice. Like if I'm going to spend a Tuesday night with you and we're going to mm-hmm. drive 25 minutes to get to each other, mm-hmm. we really like each other. Yes. We're going to invest in each other. So, and you know, our home, I just spend a lot more time in, at home in LA than I do. Here I'm never in the house in Atlanta. I'm always out. I'm always with people. Yeah. Here every, or in LA, everyone comes to my house and I, I love that. That's awesome. And we have visitors half the time too, like genuinely half the time. So it's awesome. So, yeah, I'm trying to get life to be in both places. You can, yeah. That yeah. was originally in the podcast, which I annoyed myself with, but I was like, oh, so you're you're doing this, now you're gonna, like, you were in Atlanta, now you're in LA. Mm-hmm. And then I've just kind of been like, wait a minute. Yeah, we're... No, like, you can have both. Yeah. You can have a little bit of everything. That's what I'm hoping. And so it takes a lot of strategy, and, and but it's great because my community is we're very much like family we very much like all operate together Mm -hmm. and let each other be completely individuals but we have a value of just across the board being there for each other Mm -hmm. um so that feels really good and really healthy so it's like everywhere I go I have just very stable friendships and makes me feel very supported but yeah I I mean it's a hard question to answer sometimes because I've spent more time in LA Mm -hmm. this year but I'm like I want to try to spend more time in Atlanta Mm -hmm. but be back and forth and i I've never seen someone do it, but there are there's one artist who does it. I know goes back and forth uh, yeah. between the two, so we'll see if yeah. I can. Ex- it can be an expander. That's awesome. If it starts to not allow me to thrive in both places, then I'll have to make a decision on that. But or also, that could mean just like maybe you can't really do it completely by yeah. coastal. But then that just means when I'm in Atlanta maybe it's less I'm gonna be way more intentional yeah well I just the second I land I'm like da, 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 I just do it all yes. so I've been here for I came for a month in January I came for two weeks in April mm-hmm. and then I'll be here for on and off for the rest of the fall at least wow. I think so cool that's exciting I have to be back in LA for an event like there's things I have to go back for now but mm-hmm. I'm trying to be here for another Pop chunk yeah that's awesome so okay you mentioned last week was a busy work week yes but what does being a freelance artist illustrator do you like wait what's the word that you like uh i just say artist artist yeah okay. i don't think i'm really as much of an illustrator as as an artist that kind of yeah. like thinks about like books like yeah Alice. it feels very uh cartoon like the word it's not but to me it sounds like more cartoon like yeah. but it's not it's it That's is not an appropriate style. word but artist is probably the artist best word, yeah. so what does it so you had a busy work week do, is it are you is it like a lot of emails is it a lot of meetings uh, so I have a really awesome, so this was a really busy work week, so I'll just break down. There's, mm-hmm. it's so many tiers and it's a lot to think about a lot, but, so I had a really awesome brand collaboration mm-hmm. come, and these are my favorite projects to work on, so it's a store in, it's called Baldwin, it's going to be out by the time the podcast is out, but, mm-hmm. um, it's called Baldwin, it's a clothing brand that's opening a store in LA, okay. and it's been around, it's like a designer brand, so it's more like Citizens to Humanity or Vince. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that level. Um, so that was doing that client project. So that's, yes, meetings. We had really, really tight deadlines. Um, we did bag designs. So we did these, like, tote designs. So that's sending, 
I think we eventually we picked three to three different designs, but mm-hmm. sending seven concepts, making edits, going to production, getting that photographed. Wow. So that's one aspect. Then we did an interview, so then we have to do like photographs for that. We have to do. Uh, we did like these t-shirts that are really awesome coming out they're doing this like whole campaign um, so that's again concepting actual edits mm-hmm. then so it's one pro- project then I had the tattoo event so I have these events where I work with a tattoo artist and people will go into different cities and mm-hmm. ink my pieces on people and so that's making sure everyone's communicated with mm-hmm. the schedule the designs are ready the tattoo artist is communicated to mm-hmm. um then any commissions I had for the month I had to finish up then again marketing so I had all my mark I have to be consistently posting on Instagram mm-hmm. in the middle of this so that's also just making things to have work to, to show. post yeah um and yeah so that's kind of that and then also forward thinking so I had to get everything done for June or July but then I have to think okay I have a mural that I need to do for for July for August, I have to do my open my commissions for August. I, have, you know, think about mm-hmm. what's happening and then the forward because I have to make money every month. You know, so <laughs> that's kind of what last week was. Um, but it's very much usually like that, like going between brands, commissions, and marketing. How far in advance do you have things booked, or like you know, a, a the campaign's coming up, a mural's coming up? Mm, so client based things are very dependent on what they need so mm-hmm. sometimes that can be where they need it in a week which or two weeks which is a very very short lead time which is not okay how I like to operate but I can make it if it's a big enough project I'll make it happen. I'll make whatever happen yeah. um I opened my commissions for the month at the beginning of I had a really I didn't have a system before so this year I started doing 10 commissions a month only for individuals mm-hmm. and I opened that at the beginning of the month I'm late this month but it's fine open it at the beginning of the month, and then I'll have it done by the end of the month. So then I know how much I'm making. I quote it all at the same time. It's all, like, communicated because before it was just – I was really late to things. It Mm -hmm. was – I had no idea how much I was making from it. So now when I open it at the beginning of the month, I'm like, okay, this is the chunk of money I have from commissions. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, like, wholesale all those other things. Like, I need those to just be able to bring enough money so that if I don't have a mural or if I don't have a client – I still can pay my bills. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the answer. Do you have any murals in Atlanta? Yeah, so I have um, well, one we're going to do at Coco and Misha. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, so that one's really exciting. So that's what I have to email them. Well, hopefully we get it all worked out, but I think it's happening. Yeah. Um, I have one at, or two at Brother Moto. So Brother okay. Moto was, like, actually my first mural ever. Oh, cool. And we just did it, it for fun, really. Um, and so in their bathrooms, it says, like, Brother Moto like 900 times mm-hmm. um and then we have this like window installation where it's like these faces I don't know if you've been in there but I haven't no. um it's right down the street you should go it's awesome so that's really cool then there's one in um a bar that's opening up called field day every day and mm-hmm. or it's just maybe just called field day and that's off the belt line but they're not open yet but that's in their bathrooms and then we have one at campfire social it's just an office building for oh, cool. this great social media place so those are the Atlanta ones um, hopefully more. Those are my favorite thing to do. So and now originally, because I think a lot of people are, that are going to be listening to this are going like, oh, cool, you're doing murals and this and this. How did you build what you did? Like originally, was it you reaching out to these brands going like, 
hey, can I, was yeah. it relationship-based because you yeah. know people at Brother Moto? Like, how did that start? Yeah, so the mural, I mean, a lot of things in my life, I just kind of think, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I even LA, it, it was like, I would like to go there. When it kind of came into my actual reality, mm-hmm. I go, okay, do I want to honor that weird dream I had? Does it actually make sense? Mm-hmm. Or do I just take it because it kind of lined up with this, like, random thing I never told anyone? Like, even mm-hmm. in LA, I remember... The moving to LA was just something that I was surfing out in California before I got to Atlanta and just dreaming about something and mm-hmm. had this thought. And I was like, once it came in, I was like, okay, I have to figure it out. Murals was something that I really was really interested in, had no idea what I was doing again. Most mm-hmm. of the time, you just figure it out. Um, so I started to communicate that I wanted to do it, but I had relationships with people at Brother Moto. I was there when I lived here I was there like every day yeah so the owner um I just drew I drew what I wanted I just like drew it because the words Brother Moto like the way that it's written it looks there's a lot of like lines I don't know I was, yeah, so I was like are. so I drew it on this like template and I just went like here's Instagram content lol like I was just there and basically just doing a warm-up for the day mm-hmm. of create creative drawing um, and then I said, hey, it would actually be really cool if we did this in your bathroom. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So we did it that day. Like, oh, just no went way. and got paint and did it. And it was awesome. So that one wasn't charge or build or anything because, yeah. first of all, I was like, I have nothing to show. I have no murals to show. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are my friends. It's mm-hmm. so fun. This is, like, just something I want to do. Yeah. It's something I'm really going to be proud of. Um, so then after that, since I had that, I also just started mocking up stuff around my apartment and just – um, I think I, yeah, I was just mock, mocking stuff up and then people in Atlanta loved it. So then I just started getting more clients and now I have a pretty big portfolio with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just start yeah, so it started off with relationships, which is how a lot of things do. Yeah. I think, um, but that, then putting the intention out there. Yes. And then, so what about these, like, these, like, brands that want your designs? Like this... Um, like, so not just murals, but, like, people that are using... So, free people. Yeah. So, I'll tell you the free people story. So... Cool. Number one, if I'm giving... Just... We'll back up a little bit. If I'm giving advice for creatives, I would say, number one, like, put, like, say what you can do and then actually be able to do it. Even if you haven't done it, Mm -hmm. you know, put yourself out there and and just put it out into the world and create in the process of getting to where you want to go. So, even the Brother Moto was just working on something that I started out for the day and it turned into something so much bigger and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I start out doing turns into something bigger because people usually don't know what they want until you show them okay so that's something that if you have prints on a site or if you have something people can go oh okay I would have never thought to put it there but mm-hmm. we'll do it here so free people um was crazy because a lot of these things are relationship based it seems like this huge thing that this, like, big brain is reaching out and blah, yeah. blah, blah. All that happened in the backside was that I designed a tattoo for the sister-in-law of the creative director of the Intimate Sign of Free People. Oh, so wow. she saw my work on her sister-in-law as a yeah. tattoo. That was a, you know, just a small commission. I think it was when I was really first starting out. I It was one of the first ones I did, I think. And so then she found my Instagram and then she, she had DM'd me even and I didn't really think it was real at first. She's like, oh, do you ever work with brands? By the way, it's for free people. And I was like, I mean, yeah. And that's another <laughs> thing I always just thought, yeah, free people would be fun to do. Like mm. just a random thought I had. Um, so yeah, when you're first starting out, I think it's just saying yes as many times as you can. Doing, not 
don't work for free, but work for, don't be so stubborn on not working for free that you don't take a good opportunity. Use mm-hmm. your relationships, offer value to people, and mock stuff up. Just stay, This just keep creating while you're in process is basically mm-hmm. my biggest advice with that. But brands, yeah, then even the Baldwin brand is another, I was going to design a tattoo for, I didn't know who he was, for the creative director of it. We worked together really well. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, I, you can do all these things. Let's just work together. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Great. That's what I want. But you also have to have enough professionalism and understand contracts and deadlines. and Yes. But you learn it. It's yeah. easy. I think um, very, like, being kind of professional is slowly something I'm getting more used to because mm-hmm. I think I'm naturally a very informal person. Yeah. But it's not that hard. No. You just do do it. I think it's just being reliable is probably my best. I love being friends with who I work with. Like, mm-hmm. I love having that level of, informality mm-hmm. um and not everyone likes that but I do I like to just be like we're gonna trust each other we're gonna be on a friend level mm-hmm. or on a like respect level yeah but it's like I'm not also gonna respect my deadlines or I'm also gonna respect the project I'm gonna go above and beyond and I think sometimes for like friends you're like Meh, whatever I'll get to it when yeah. I get to it but yeah. I try to always just be show up and add value to whatever whatever I come into yeah. have you ever yeah. seen um the notebook yes okay have you seen that meme that came out recently where it's like you know where he's going like tell me what you want yeah and she's like i don't know what i want yeah have you ever had that kind of experience with, with a brand with a with a brand or just someone that was commissioning you yes. um just yeah i'm gonna grab more water really okay fast. cool do it um but this does ring true different so it's really hard to say I think sometimes it's great if someone really knows what they want uh it, okay again I'll back up as a creative that is working with brands or working with someone who isn't yourself mm-hmm. the biggest thing is being able to go through the preliminary conversations this is what I learned through design mm-hmm. and branding is asking enough questions, knowing the goals, like the ultimate overarching, like what is the purpose or what do you ultimately want or what mm-hmm. is like y- your vision for whatever we're doing and then mm-hmm. from there I can come up with something. Yeah. Um, and so even if someone comes and says, do anything, I still create guidelines. So we did uh, LA Design Fest and I was working with someone called Tokyo Bike and so they had, they picked a red bike and they just basically said, draw on it and do a mural. And it's Tokyo. So I kind of was like, okay, we're Tokyo-based design. So I'm going to go. And I and I wanted personally to do a more design, less illustrative-based project. Okay. So what I did was, number one, just looked at their core values. They also said their core values were going Tokyo slow. Or like, yeah, just enjoying life, going slow. It's a bike company. Okay. Um, so I created structure for myself to create something so I said okay I'm gonna go from their values there's no money involved in terms of we're not it's not product to sell it's just visual Mm -hmm. um so I came up with I stopped and smelled the roses and made it home on time so it was something where I like came up with a concept so that every visual thing I did was then informed by the central meaning that was from Tokyo slow from their brand 
So it's like, is that something you came up with or mm-hmm. they already have? Mm-hmm. That's so good. I don't know where, but I think I, oh, it's just red. I don't know where I came up with it. Um, but it created structure around it. So anyway, with with brands and clients or even a tattoo design person, I tell them, mm. tell me everything you want. Like, tell me as many details as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes great when a client just says, do whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, I have to create some structure, some meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people, even free people, they didn't tell me, they gave me some examples, but I was able to present more because I went, I think concept base was really great. So I did double the amount of work, but they took double the amount that they were going to originally do. Oh, wow. So, well, I didn't do double the amount. I just did these, like, well-thought-out concepts. Was it for Uh, their merchandise? For shirts. Yeah, so we did did shirts. I want one of your shirts. I don't know if they're still new. Let's see. I don't know if they are, but uh, maybe more You can have one of my shirts that aren't free people. Okay, I I want a shirt. Yeah, we get, we have the butt shirts. The butt shirts. Yeah, hold on, I'll show you this. I want a butt. Um, they I, were at Coco Nisha, but I think we were sold out now. That's awesome. Um, I can find it. But we can show you there. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, I want a butt shirt. So yeah, that's. I hope I wasn't rambling too much, but that's no. I kind love of, this. Um, yeah, it's it's digging out what ultimately is gonna, and also don't I wouldn't present a concept that I'm not proud of. Mm. If you present three concepts, don't do one really shitty one. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're always gonna like one more than the other, but they will probably pick the shitty one, and you're gonna not be happy. You know? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. So that's kind of another thing I learned, just in the trenches, messing up. Because also, so much of it is so. Like right now, as an actor, I'm doing usually stuff for free, mm-hmm. very little paid work right now. But um, something I did, I was there for. Th- two and a half hours every night. I came yeah. on stage for three minutes. Yeah. But guess what? If I was to just kind of be like, whatever, no yeah. one really is seeing this. Yeah. And I just kind of like did whatever. I would go home every night going, do I want to be an actor? Yeah, yeah. Am I good at this? And said, I like for those three minutes, I was like doing an hour of warm ups. I was getting mm-hmm. ready just as if I was going to be doing a big schmancy show. Mm-hmm. And I was taking it really seriously. Because I think if you're, even if someone is kind of being like, I really don't care what you do, if you don't care what you're giving yeah. them, well, then this sucks. Then it's just, yeah, I want to be proud of anything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And also just think about it, like, my, what my long-term goals are. Like, what do I want to ultimately add? Like, mm-hmm. with murals, there's some things I'm like, I don't want to just do, always just do black lines or whatever lines. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want it to do, I want to expand my portfolio. I want to expand my, mm-hmm. my vision and, yeah, not... But taking everything seriously, even little Instagram posts, I think I've started to realize that almost everything I draw, everything I do, every moment that I spend creating, um, I'll tell a story. We did a mural, it's more of just this like little section. So I call it a mural during the tattoo event in LA last Mm -hmm. week. And I had spent a few days prior practicing drawing hands, like probably two work days or Man, about two work days just practicing. And I felt like I was wasting my time because I had admin stuff to do and I had things. But I was like, I need to practice this. I need to get better. Mm. And I want to do it more on paper. And I, I want to just practice these shapes. Then when we went to do the mural, um, I was able to just uh, scale up this one design that I had done from practice, put it on the mural, and learning scale and learning how to make it bigger I was like those are the foundation like 
learning every day and practicing mm-hmm. and just keeping going and putting your all at every single point will yeah. lead to these bigger things that now I could just walk in, do these mural in a small amount of time, but I would not, even three weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that same project because I wasn't practicing. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's like showing up and knowing that almost everything can turn into something. Definitely. If you're open and adding value. Yeah. So yeah, those are that's Bye-bye. such a good story. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so much from. I like really am. Thank you. I hope you hope so. I no, mean, I'm just like no, and no, but I love that. Like we're covering like all these different things. So you're looking at doing a couple different things in the future. What are you like excited about? Whether like per okay, no, I don't want to ask that question. What is like how how do you think you've experienced personal growth through like, I don't know, as you said, like, like how does you as a human fit in with your work and like mm. really working hard to yeah to grow that uh I think there's a few things like I said I was really involved in church and humanitarian efforts and I think I found it was very much easier for me to uh hide underneath projects mm. and instead of having the courage to show up and be like this is me mm-hmm. I would build things for other people or not behind the scenes, but behind the scenes a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and really think that I wasn't able to offer something on my own, standing on my own, and uh, so I think being an artist, number one, makes me take time to see how I'm feeling, to mm-hmm. honor my thought process, to honor that I have something to give to the world to honor just who I am and also take a lot of care of myself because I am self-sufficient like I if I don't work one day I don't make money or if I don't uh have self-care if I don't have time if I like emotionally can't do it or that's hinders everything so I have to take care of myself as a person and um then also just working as a business person it's taught me to use my voice I don't think I learned that growing up I think I was always just very polite Mm -hmm. and very accommodating Mm -hmm. and I still am those things but now learning to show up and be like this is I also need something from and and ask for my needs and express my needs and that's carried over into my personal relationships and just being way better at saying no and saying yes saying yes but or no but yeah um like yes yes I can do this but this is what I need or not just overexerting myself have you so you've I'm I'm obviously you've turned projects down collaborations down oh yeah I had even this week I had I mean I turned things down way more now because I just don't have time I I tell everyone I can take 10 commissions and that's it I can't take more Mm -hmm. but I had someone try to come in this week that really fired me up she's an influencer or whatever and Mm -hmm. she had she was like hey can you design a album cover for me oh I'm an influencer slash music artist I'm not gonna throw under the bus but she goes can you design an album cover for me and I was like yeah my commissions are opening in two days uh let me know what your create what your visually what you want it to look like your budget etc and she goes actually like this is just like a collab like if you do it like <sighs> you'll get like eyes on you blah 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 and I got really upset which in the past I probably would have maybe even thought about it for a second and yeah. I don't think it's wrong to take those projects but is it if it's really mutually beneficial for you do it yeah but it becomes a really weird culture where 
designers, photographers, Joelle and I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. People don't understand what it takes to get there. So doing an album cover for her would probably be about five, out four hours. Mm-hmm. A lot of creative capacity. She's making money off of it. She's You're not. All, all, and I make nothing. And so even photography is like just at least unless you're getting something really big in return just mm-hmm. I but I actually told her I was like that's actually I mean I this is also what I've learned through being a business person mm-hmm. is just being like not just being too nice and being like no sorry I'm like actually it's not appropriate to ask that question like it's not okay to not pay people you wouldn't and I said it really nicely um but I was like this is my livelihood like I'm not just drawing little things like this is a whole thing and also if she's this big deal yeah if you're a big deal you then can, you can also pay someone yeah to and do i probably it. would have done it for and i told her i could do a partial i was like maybe partially but in contrast i'm working with baldwin who is a big amazing brand and they're paying me and doing tons of pr and honoring me so much through it mm. and that client is i like wanted to cry when we had that meeting because i was like thank you so much for understanding and honoring the fact that mm-hmm you have a platform that can help me while I'm helping you and yeah. while we're doing this. And it was very collaborative and very honoring. So anyway, that that's taught me just to use my voice. Like, no, yeah, this isn't working. No, this is on a very small scale, but at a coffee shop I was working at, um, don't work there anymore, Yeah, but um, it was an ice cream parlor. Yeah. A dude walks in and says, I'm an influencer. Can If I post a picture of me eating your ice cream, you guys will get so much traction can I have an ice cream cone for free? And it it's was title. Yeah. I know, but it was such a weird request. Yeah. That we were like, okay. Yeah. We looked him up on Instagram. He had a thousand followers. Yeah, and you're like, and I think he had bought all of them because he only had like nine posts, and we were just like, who? Such like, it's so weird because it's like, yeah, it's just this like entitlement that I don't. I love influencers. I've worked, I mean, I worked with a blogger. Totally. But there's, she would never, she paid me for all the work that I did for her. Mm-hmm. I respect her so much. And they are offering, as on a brand level, there's huge, uh, there's a huge market for social media. But just coming and asking these independent things is like. I think that just I shows think, yeah, a lack of understanding. Yeah, it's lack of understanding and it's just, I don't like the attitude of like entitlement. Um at the end of the day, it's all business, and if you're not offering me something back, I'm not gonna. And do also, like Joelle. Thing. Okay, yeah. so like Joelle is has asked me to be, do this music video. Yeah, I'm an actor. Yeah, I'm not getting paid. Yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah, I know that she knows that, but I'm doing this because I love her. And you're excited about and it, and I'm excited yeah. for her, and I want to work with her, and also. I mean, I've only met her once, but we're friends. Yeah. So this is something that we... So let's just say if just a random person... I mean, I need exposure, but also if just a random person reached out to me, they were like, hey, do this for free for me. Yeah. Then I would be going, no, you're kind of... You're kind of stepping in as if... Like something I'm giving to someone I, yeah. I really like, you're expecting the same treatment, and that's almost like taking away opportunities that I could be working yes. with. Yes. Just because you want me, yeah, that doesn't mean... Well, it's like, what are you offering? Like, that's what I had to learn is I think we're, especially as women, we're taught just that we're, and I'm not trying to generalize, but we're taught that we're supporters. We're helpers. Yes, we're supporters. But everything you say yes to is saying no to something else or mm-hmm. vice versa. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't, like, I can't do this for free because I could be studying something. I could be working on a project that's going to make me money. And if you see value, like, 
I do work for free some I still do yeah. things for fun I love even some friends like I'm like oh let me do a mural in your house and I'll just do it because I want to do it yes. and it's a friend thing and it's awesome but if someone were like someone I met randomly tried to get me to do a mural for free, again for free in this house and I was like here's my budget like well I'll do it but I don't there's no benefit here no. and I don't think it's wrong as a business person as an artist to say what's what is the benefit to me and mm-hmm. I think that's something I had to like overcome for so long just thinking that I was could, didn't deserve anything mm-hmm. and I'm like no because of my needs I'm too busy and and also I think um money gives it a sense of worth yeah because I think if you know, let's say you did a free mur- mural for a, just a random person you met at a yeah. party or something. Then when people come into your home then or their home, they'd be like, they're like, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, this girl I met at a party did it for me. Yeah. But if he had paid for it, oh, totally. he would definitely be like, look at this mural. Yeah. It's a dump a bump a bump It's like, a, yeah, there's a d- respect. And also, yeah. yeah, they're giving themselves something because I know things that, I mean, I like free stuff, but like... I don't know. If I, like, let's say a friend might give me a sh- ticket for their theater show for yeah. free. Sometimes, then in my brain, I kind of do rank it lower in the priority list. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, wait, actually, uh, I've got to do this other thing. And then this ticket, I, I, I've i only done that, like, once. Yeah. But it does, it becomes less special. Totally. But if I'm buying a ticket um, later this week to see a show, it is $22. I have not bought it yet. You're going. I am, res- yeah, mm-hmm. I have bought it. Yep. And if not... I am going to find someone else to go, you know? Or yeah, I might not even ask them to, like, give me the money back. Yeah. But I might, like, someone use this. Yeah, there's value. In there's value yeah. to it. So I think that's maybe just people showing, possibly, not everyone, yeah. just going, there might be a lack of understanding, just, like, not actually thinking that your work is worth something. Oh, yeah. And and so, yeah, that's what I told her. I was like, I get, I told her, I was like, I get reaching out to brands who it's no skin off their back to send you a yogurt or whatever you know sure but I'm like this is like my livelihood and she was like she she didn't really respond well but that's her but I was like this is my livelihood and it is extremely disrespectful and Mm -hmm. you're not offering me I didn't say it like that but I was like you're not offering me anything and Mm -hmm. but yeah that's but that happens sometimes people are like oh can you just like can you just can you just like Draw. Can like, you just kind of like edging a piece yeah, of paper in a pen? Like, I'm like, you? And but I give stuff for. I mean, if I'm, I charge for portraits, but a lot of times I'll just be like, oh, let me just do it, and I do it stuff all the time. But that's my decision, and I love giving. I'm such a like. I yeah. love giving things out. Do you care um, about Enneagram? Yes, I'm a two and three. I was just about to ask you if you were a two. Yeah, I'm a two. I'm picking that up. Yeah. I'm a four wing three. Oh, I'm, all my very close friends are, well, not all of them. My roommate's four wing three. I know four wing threes, I know. I, we get along very well. Yeah. I th- we understand each other. I think fours and twos, for different reasons, but we really prize, I think, close relationships mm-hmm. and feeling a lot of feelings. And then also how you're, like, a two. By the way, I just wanted to point out, you're talking about how, like, you're, like, Artists, some artists are better than me. Yeah. Because, like, someone's always better than you. Someone's always better. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think, a healthy thing. Yeah. If you thought you were the best, I would. No, no. That would be crazy. But I'm wearing a Dolly Parton t-shirt. Yeah, I love Dolly Parton. I do, too. Sorry I'm, like, flashing you. These shorts are, like, I'm sitting. Oh, you're sitting. not at all. You're good. It's just, well, I'm just letting them flash I'm like, <laughs> I wish I was seeing more. I'm just kidding. No. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, no you're fine. I'm not creepy, um, everyone. <laughs> um, Dolly is an amazing, amazing singer. We yeah. can all accept that. But also, Dolly is, like, a kick-ass businesswoman yeah her song like I will always love you Elvis wanted it and 
he wanted to buy it, the whole thing, and she'd never get the rights to mm-hmm. it. Elvis wanted it. She I wasn't a no. big deal yet. She said no. Amazing. And then um, later, you know, Mariah Carey sang it, but Dolly still owned the rights. Mm-hmm. So now Dolly, because she, like, stuck to it. Because she's, I mean, it's her song. It's she's a hers. songwriter. She's one of the most, like, honored songwriters now, too, because she's, this mm-hmm. is mine and I want my name on it. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. She and probably could have gotten some, she knew where the benefit was. She knew, And also, yeah. like, maybe she didn't know it was going to literally pay off so well. But I think maybe just having the discomfort of she loved this song. Yeah. It was a beautiful song, and she didn't want someone else to own it. Yeah. You know, that just, yeah. if anything, maybe it wouldn't have become anything, but that might have just sit in her stomach like something I made. I don't know the equivalent for, like, what you do or mm-hmm. I do, but just someone owning something so completely that you don't. Yeah. It's not It's not even a money thing. Yeah, it's not. It's just it's this a is piece what of I you. did for, yeah, for me. And that's where I start to, I wrote this thing a long time ago, I'm like, artists, actors, everyone, we're giving a piece of our soul, mm. we're giving you a piece of how I see the world or how I perceive something, and it's not always that dramatic, but, but there's times that where dramatic. I am giving, if I'm sitting there and it's my brain and my perspective of the world that I'm mm. giving to you, that's something that's very personal, and there's some tattoos that people have on mind that or something that is personal to me, and I love that it's on there because wow. there's just this human connection there, and that's mm-hmm. what I get excited about. Because again, I sometimes I'm like, first of all, who am I to say? Who am I to give a perspective of the world? Mm-hmm. That that's a real question sometimes. Yeah. Who am I to put myself out there and and write words for people? Like, am I some guru? No. But then also, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but. It makes it feel meaningful to me when there's connection. Where I'm, mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, well, I am commun. I'm the one to say I'm gonna try. I'm yeah. gonna just communicate what I see. I'm gonna communicate something that unifies us. And if we can bring unity through this stuff, if we can, and that's why I love acting, and that's why I love these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like something that we all can be like, yeah, that's artists and creators are given the ability to communicate something that most people feel but have no way to show. I love that. Yeah, and so that's what I think. I'm like, okay, well, at least. I can be happy with that. Yeah. And so. I think, like, with there's, um, like, some really sad stuff that happened in the United States this mm-hmm. past week. Yeah. Which is really heartbreaking. And, um, but I think, not to be frivolous, but I think artists change minds. Yeah. I remember when I was thinking, like, do I want to be an actor? I sat down with an actor I loved in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to you, Emily. I still think you're amazing. Um, and, she, and I was like, isn't this silly? Acting is so, is so um, self-centered. And she goes... No, actors are the people that change minds. Yeah, it's actually crazy. And artists are the people that... Because I think if I was just to yell my opinion at someone, yeah, you're not changing anything. But if you can empathetically show your experience, just your experience, mm-hmm. your experience somehow creatively could touch someone and maybe you, they're not going to turn a 180. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they've seen your part of your life and your experience and th- that's going to be what, yeah. like, slowly changes. And that's where it's just, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just individuals. And I'm like, this is just me. And that's why I want to do more writing. Mm. And You should. I want to just get more into the actual words of it mm-hmm. that become visual. But um, that's kind of my next year. Would it be um, something, well, like, online? Would it be something hard copy? Mm, so I've done something every year. On my birthday, I write lessons from the past year, and then mm-hmm. I'll do, like, a little drawing with it. 
Um, and people have, I've had really amazing feedback with it. And that was, mm. it's just for free on my website. Just oh, cool. email address. It's one of the, like, I'll give you something if you give me your email address, basically. Yeah. But I ultimately will sell each year's just as a digital book. Because I, that was just the format I kind of decided back then. Um, and it was a way to just, it's not on Instagram. It's like, hey, if you guys want it, this is really personal. Mm. You can have it. Um, I think it would probably look like digital and printed mm-hmm. in some form. Um, I I think a book makes the most sense. I want to make sure I'm adding something new. I think in this space we have like Ruby Core. I don't really know. I was kind of thinking my or first thought like was Shel Silverstein. Yeah. They, there's a lot of things out there like that. So I want to do something different. Um, I also want to do an art show. I'm supposed to do this year. Who knows? Because I want to create something that's more, um, just a full, bo- a full body of work mm. and a full concept that doesn't really communicate that well on Instagram. Because um, mm. Instagram, I think, can be really consumer, consuming the art. So it could be a book. I think doing a show with that would be awesome. Um, I am working on songwriting. I don't want to be a songwriter in the slightest. Yeah. Um, but I want to just practice that for myself. And yeah. if I can be involved in some line because songs are so important to me mm-hmm. if I can be involved in one line that helps people like Phoebe Bridgers like I'll sit there and listen to her on my porch when I'm sad and I'm like I don't feel alone because I'm listening to this mm-hmm. person sing about mm-hmm. being really sad or when I need someone to communicate how I feel about heartbreak I'm like oh thank you I can say that also I think so. that's important to acknowledge that there's some things that I love like creative stuff I love to watch dance yeah I love it I'm not a dancer. Yeah. Not like a dancer dancer. Yeah. And that actually for me is so life-giving. Yeah. Like you in music where you can just sit there or like for me like musical theater. Yeah. Music, where I can just appreciate it mm-hmm. a thousand percent and it's giving me something and I don't have to be like critiquing my own dance skills. Yeah, yeah. I'm just able to like be fueled by it and just like I have this thing like if I get excited I just start laughing. Yeah. And so I'll, like, be watching, like, a ballet, and it's beautiful, and I'm you just like, it out of it, yeah. ah! Like, it's so exciting, mm-hmm. you know? So I think also, like, who knows what happens with, like, songwritings and stuff, but sometimes just to love something. Yeah. And that gives you something. People, like, what were you saying, creatives, we have so many interests. We just enjoy it. Yeah, I love getting my hands dirty. Yeah. But on hard days, there's days where I still need to process my life, but I've looked at a screen all day I've drawn something all day Mm -hmm. I cannot look at one more thing and so I've taken my guitar out on the porch and I just am like let's just see what happens Mm -hmm. um and it's auditory it's you know not visual Mm -hmm. so it's just very personal it's like this is what I want to say for myself and if it sucks it sucks but I don't want to make money doing it I just need something else and I need a release for myself and I've worked with some people now just for fun but I'm Mm -hmm. still I'm like I just want to learn yeah and if, again, if I die, I want someone to hear one song I wrote when I was, you know, this age yeah. and be like, wow, that kind of sucked. Maybe it I actually think they're not the worst, but yeah, be like, wow, that's where she was at this point And this is where we were at this point or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and anyway, it might not yeah. be something where it's going to, you know, maybe it's, it's not something for mass consumption, but also what if like one girl in 50 years sitting on her porch Here's it, and yeah. then she's like, "Oh, I don't feel alone." Yeah, like that's what, all I want. Yeah, all you need is just to something. Um, this was, I think, like a, more of an Instagram account, but she said, "I'm not trying to make something 
Um, for everyone, she goes, I'm trying to be one thing for one person. Yeah. I'm you trying know? to do, be like, I just want to be for me or my friends. Like, I'll write something for a friend mm-hmm. that I know I can look at that person. I know exactly what it is. I want it to be honest. But that's what I think with everything. It's just, uh, if you're creative, create. Yeah. You don't have to do it full time. Uh, it's not for everyone to do it full time, actually. Yeah. I don't recommend it. It's really hard. Because um, you're using, again, that business brain yeah, and artistic yeah. brain. And you can lose the love of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I, it's just I get exhausted, but I still love what I do. Mm-hmm. But I just think even put the book out there if you want to put the podcast out there. Yeah. Put that's put great. your work out there. Just do it. Yeah. And even if it never gets picked up, even if you don't make a dollar, you did it. And, mm-hmm. like, Emily Dickin- Dickinson... She never put her stuff out there. It wasn't until she died that her poems went out. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a tragedy because she never saw what happened. But it's just, just do it. That's where my whole thing is. Like, you could fail. You could lose money. But it'll get you to something else. Mm -hmm. You'll know. You'll have something to, like, show for yourself. Mm -hmm. Instead of always just being like, yeah, I'm a creative without ever having the the balls to just do it. You're like, what does that mean? And they're like, I love coffee. And you're like, like, Okay. Good for you. I wear white and I like coffee. No, but like, I mean, just using this podcast as an example, this might never really become, I mean, the episodes are going to go out. Yeah. This might not ever really become anything professionally that Mm -hmm. anyone's going to notice. However, getting to talk to you, that's amazing. I've met so many amazing people. Yeah. I love that. And I'm getting, I'm getting so much for this. You're learning so much. Yeah. And also I just, I freaking loved I, like, most of, like, you know, like, your first, like, friend dates, Mm -hmm. I am interviewing them Mm -hmm. anyways. I'm always like, oh, interesting. What, what was that relationship with your dad like? And it's like, are we on a talk show? And I'm like, no, I just like to... Like to know. Know everything. And so, this is also just giving me an outlet to just be really nosy. I love it. Which is my passion yep. in life. So, um, anyways, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so fun. Okay, I'm amazing. Hopefully you got something. I just said I'm amazing. I'm, I'm amazing. amazing. You're I'm, amazing. We're amazing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're, we're great. Amazing. Okay, and hopefully y'all got something out of this too. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, guys, I don't mean to brag, but um, I, I am so proud of this interview. Um, Corey, thank you so much for um, letting me come into your time uh, when you were visiting Atlanta, which I know you were like full of friends that you were visiting. Um, after we ended up talking, we ended up just like sitting on the front porch of our friend's house and just like drinking some rosé and just kind of watching the sunset. And both of us were just like, this is the perfect Atlanta summer night. Like the kind of night that you think uh, your summer is going to be full of. And it was just such a magical conversation. Um, It was so cool. So, Corey, thank you a million times over. Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening. We are on episode five. We're on episode five now. And um, we're getting rolling. And... um, we are adding a Patreon link. There are some artists that I really want to continue to work with. I've got some exciting things that I want to keep doing. However, I have uh, how many right now? I have four four part-time jobs. And if you add this one on it, I have five jobs. And um, for me to really be able to focus on this podcast anymore 
or really honestly continue to focus on this podcast, I'm going to need a little bit of help. If you enjoy this podcast at all, any contribution is going to be awesome. If you want to go onto Patreon at the Search for Pink, um, you can do it there. If you can't find it, guys, just just message me and I'll send it to you. Um, we've just had some requests um, for that, the people that are excited about giving back for their new favorite podcast. Okay, I love all of you guys. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And uh, yeah, happy listening. Okay, thanks guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Uh, also, rate, review, and subscribe. Please send it to this episode to one person, whether it's a illustrator, maybe someone that wants to be a freelance artist. There's so many people you could send this to. We are also covered mental health, living in Atlanta. Oh my gosh, so many people you can send it to, but also um, rate, review, and subscribe. We have one review so far. I would like to have two. Okay, bye.